The thrill and excitement of March Mania is here, and DraftKings Sportsbook, one of America's top-rated sportsbook apps, is giving new customers a shot to turn 5 bucks into $150 instantly in bonus bets with any college basketball bet. You can find all the lines and available odds, of course, at the DraftKings Sportsbook app. North Carolina listeners, don't forget, DraftKings Sportsbook is now live in your state. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code SBNFL. New customers can bet 5 bucks to get $150 instantly in bonus bonus bets only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code SBNFL. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 8778-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash bball for eligibility, deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. Chicago Bears fans, how you guys all doing today? My name is Lester Wiltfong. This is T-Formation Conversation coming to you on the Windy City Gridiron Podcast channel. And I know you've already heard me just a few days ago talking about the Bears-Dolphins postgame. But since I was actually at House all Hall on Tuesday, taken in training camp live in a person, I had to jump on here and share some thoughts. Uh, but I'm not going to go it alone because I'm being joined by f- my fellow WCG podcaster and one half of the Bears over Beers team. I have Jeff Burkus, who is in Lake Forest with me today, taking into practice. So, Jeff, uh, how you doing? Yeah, I finally arrived at Hallis Hall about, oh, I don't know, 17 years too late to start my <laughs> professional career. But- <laughs> Felt good to get there finally. It was really cool to be on campus and a uh, great time with you and, and your friend, uh, your coaching friend, and then, of course, Sam Householder. So we, we had quite a, a fun time hanging out on the back of the bleachers and taking it a Bears practice. So, so was it a good drive back to Iowa? It is a long drive. It made for a very long day, but I was happy to do it and got home safe and sound and talking to you tonight. So all in all, a good day. How long is the drive, actually? Five and a half hours from Lake Forest back to Des Moines. So I guess it's not too bad. It could be worse, I guess. Yeah. So so like I said, we were there with me, you, uh, Sam Householder, and then uh, we also write at the the site and then a a longtime friend of mine, Dave Scarborough. So, so we we had a good time. It was a good time talking football all day. Uh, So, so, you know, you've been at Bourbonnet. You've also been at, uh, you know, at Hallis Hall. So, so, so what was your overall vibe from, from the actual Hallis Hall thing? Well, yeah. And I went to, Platteville, Wisconsin growing up you know, oh, every nice. year, you know, so I went a number of years doing that, but you know, Hallis Hall, obviously it's really cool to be where, you know, all the bears headquarters is, uh, and they obviously put a lot of thought and effort into laying out some things uh, for fans, but clearly with a ticket situation where they are not getting nearly the fulfillment of people showing up for the tickets that they were given uh, a thousand tickets a day, and maybe you're getting three, 400 people showing up. I'm not very good at estimating numbers of people, yeah. but it was now, it wasn't close to half of the allotted tickets um, for today's practice. And, and so that, that really does kind of kill the vibe. They're staffed up for clearly a thousand or more people and there's nowhere near that. And so the, the staff to fan ratio seemed almost to be one-to-one at times. Yeah. You know, it's, it seemed like, like I, I was actually looking at it today is like, you take all the players, coaches, personnel, and all the staff they had on hand, they might've had us outnumbered. Yeah, it, it I think you're right. It was so close. And I think I, you know, people were very kind and I was, you know, welcomed by, 
I don't know, 50 different people yeah. at some point, which very means polite. It was nice. Very polite. Yes. Yeah. Good Midwesterners. You know, it, it's, it's kind of cool though, but like, like, like just be, seeing the whole facility. I mean, cause when you look at that, I mean, that's basically what Ryan Pace has a big part of that. And, you know, you hear a lot of stuff about Ryan Pace as a GM, you know, but Ryan Pace, that's also part of what he does there. And, and he actually was the spearhead behind the whole renovation of Hallis Hall. And it's, it's, it's a top-notch facility now. And, and, and that's one reason why, you know, some fans are, are always criticizing, obviously, the personnel moves, you know, but, but that's part of his job as well. So I think that that's one of those things that comes into play when, you know, when you think he maybe he's on the chopping block or in the hot seat and, you know, they look at that and that's, that's a big deal for the, for the bears organization. Yeah. And I'll say that we didn't get to go into the main building where yeah. all the offices are, but we did get to go into the Walter Payton indoor yes. uh, center. And that was really cool. Uh, we got to throw around a, a football. Uh, we got to see the form. Uh, your coaching friend was <laughs> critiquing my uh, passing form said that I had a little bit of a loop uh, in my throat, See? but otherwise he gave me a pass. So I felt pretty good about that. A, a, a bit patting the ball too, wasn't it? One of your issues. Yeah. He's, he, well, he said that That's I shouldn't tell. pat the ball and I had, yeah. I had a, a loop in my throat and I was thinking, well, okay. <laughs> it's a pretty spiral in it and it's pretty accurate. So uh, I'll, I'll stick with what I got. It, it is a pretty spiral. I was actually surprised. Yeah. Well, you know, uh, if you need accurate throws under 30 <laughs> yards, I'm your guy. Okay. So, so we're, let's, let's, let's stay on the quarterbacks. Now we're talking about quarterbacks. So, so Andy Dalton, uh, Justin sure. Fields, Nick Foles, um, you know, this is our first day at camp, but, but we've heard about this camp battle taking place here for the last few weeks. And, and it's, it's been pretty good from the quarterbacks. It hasn't been great. Uh, you know, the defense usually has been ahead, which usually happens in, in these, in these camp situations, you know, but we've heard good stuff about Dalton, good stuff about Fields. But today, not so much. Today was uh, a bit of a struggle from both guys. Which one of those guys you think kind of had the edge today? Yeah, I mean, I think you'd probably just call it a draw as yeah. a bad day for both. Uh, you know, obviously, Nick Foles did not get a lot of reps, especially in team circumstances or situational circumstances. They didn't really waste a lot of reps on him, which is probably for the best. That's good for you. Uh, yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> but between the two guys that are actually going to see the field this year, I think you'd have to say that it was kind of a draw that Dalton had a couple of good throws, found some, found some people over the middle. Um, I thought that he, he, he had a couple nice balls thrown over the middle, but fields does seem to be a little bit more aggressive. He does push the ball down a little bit. He does seem like he's trying to take chances, but they both made mistakes. They both threw picks and the defense really owned today. And yeah. I, that was mostly, I think about the wide receivers having a terrible day, but the defensive backfield were making plays all over the place. Yeah, it was a nice day from the defense overall. And then as far as the quarterbacks, I kind of with you was kind of a draw. Um, I, I do think, you know, if I was really, really being honest, I think I think Dalton kind of looked a little better early on with some of the stuff he was doing. I think he looked better in, in the two-minute drill. Um, but like you said, Justin Fields seemed to be pushing the ball downfield more. And I, I think part of that could be, since he's a, a younger quarterback, I think something he's trying to learn is what throws he can get away with at this level. So I think that may be part of why, you know, he wasn't as sharp today. He was trying to do a little uh, too much. Uh, and that could have been a, something that he was coached up to do. Um, but like you said, overall, not a really good day from from either quarterback. Uh, Nick Foles, he's not really worth mentioning at this point. But but those two guys, the, the QB1, QB2, not the best day for those guys. And you can, about the wide receivers, you kind of mentioned it. 
lot of drops today. What, what was going on with the drops? I mean, was it, did anyone have any sure hands? I think Darnell Mooney, maybe probably the best receiver on the day. Yeah. Mooney had a few catches, you know, Adams had a couple drops. I thought that were pretty disappointing because he's kind of been a fan favorite here early on with that nice preseason game that he had against the dolphins. Um, but he had a couple of those balls that just like in the dolphins game where he had a real obvious drop. Uh, there was a couple guys, uh, John V. Johnson, who looked like he was just all out of sorts, did not have a very good day trying to play wide receiver. Uh, obviously, he's there for more special teams, but uh, he he got yelled at particularly, but specifically by wide receivers coach Mike Fury, uh, said that it was the most embarrassing day that he has ever seen. And this was after Matt Nagy turned to the offensive sideline, which was where we were sitting behind and called it a shit show. Uh, And that was a pretty apt description of what we saw out of those wide receivers today. Yeah, I think the offense as a whole just was was out of sorts. I mean, there were a lot of penalties, you know, false starts. You know, there was just some stuff where, you know, like we said, we talked about the drops. Yeah, it was a bad day, you know, then, you know, the wideouts, you know, something else we kind of noticed is, you know, they weren't really getting much separation, which is something that I, that I noticed as well in the game against the dolphins, you know, like if the bears receivers aren't separating in practice, that that's, that's an issue. Yeah. I, I talked to you about this when we were sitting next to each other on the, on the bleachers, but one play I specifically watched where I watched, I wanted to see Kendall Vildor on uh, Marquise Goodwin. And it, I, Goodwin and was, you know, obviously he's a speedster. Builder comes up and he looks like he's going to jam. And I thought, okay, let's see. You got this young guy. Everybody's really excited about Kendall Vildor. Um, here's a savvy vet and he's, you know, quick as anything. And he whiffed on the jam. And Goodwin just put a, a veteran move on him and he was, he beat him off the line. And so I'm just focusing on that one-on-one matchup. And this is a, this is a team drill. It's 11 on 11. And I'm just watching this like, oh, he's got him beat. And Dalton found him, found the right, you know, found the open guy. He just missed the throw by about five yards, which, yeah. you know, down the field 50 yards, you know, it should have been a touchdown, but it would have been the biggest play of the day. But that was the one time I saw big separation uh, from one of the Bears wide receivers today. In general, you know, they were pretty tightly covered. And, you know, to, to get a completion was either the underneath stuff that was the defense was giving you, which, you know, that happens, um, or it was a, a nice contested catch. And that just there were maybe two or three of those. It just did not happen much today. You know, there wasn't a lot of Allen Robinson. I think I saw him early on uh, doing some, some drills on the far field. He had a really nice catch where he kind of you know, had, had a real nice dive on the sideline to make the catch. And, but, but during the team stuff, I'm not sure if he just wasn't out there much or maybe that they were just kind of going to Mooney more or, or other guys, but I didn't really see much of A-Rob today, did you? No, that one play was pretty fantastic. It was that on was the nice. opposite yeah. sideline from where we were at. We had a great view of it. He did kind of lay out for it. It wasn't like a full layout, you know, where it's just on the fingertips, you know, pulling in, but he did that patented, like, you know, kind of slid forward to the yeah. ground when, when he, you know, to make the catch. It was pretty. Um, it's it's fun to watch, you know, professional athletes perform at their best, and and that was certainly a, a highlight for for the day. But yeah, he I don't think he had much more than that one target, maybe one or two more. Uh, Mooney had a few, but it was you know getting the depth chart up on the field and and uh, and seeing a lot of the guys down the depth chart try to get chances and basically not do anything with those chances. <laughs> so speaking of the depth chart, how do you see things playing out here? You talked about Goodwin a little bit. Uh, obviously Mooney Robinson are locks, but behind that, I mean, how do you see things shaking out here for the bears? 
I think Goodwin's got the inside track for the third, you know, wide receiver three right yeah. now. I, and maybe that's just because I don't think Jameer Bird was practicing today. I, I'm not quite sure. I think sure he was his... there. I just, I, I don't think he's. Boy, wait, well, it's, that's I not a good sign the whole, yeah, that, the whole camp, though, he has really done nothing this whole camp. Right. I mean, there, there's been a few things here and there, but, but honestly, among the, among the reserve guys, the guy with all the buzz is Goodwin. Yeah, I think Goodwin has the most NFL success. And so that, you know, we talked about it on Bears over beers. This is not surprising to me that he would be the guy that would be in the, the you know, the lead contention to take over that wide receiver three spot. I do think that, you know, down the depth chart, there's a lot of questions. I mean, we saw a lot of different guys get reps, a lot of different guys get targets, but to be quite honest with you, no one necessarily looks like they're separating. They're all kind of making mistakes. And you, you know, it's really important to, for us to say, we saw one practice and we yeah. followed the other practices yep. and you, even when you're at a practice, you can only focus on so much, you know, you can focus on one, one-on-one matchup during, uh, a, you know, an 11 on 11 drill, or you can focus on trying to just taking in the line, or you can focus on trying to check out the secondary and how they're picking things up. There are about 10 different things that you can watch in any given play, but you can really only watch one and you don't get the benefit of going back and rewatching the, the practice film over and over like all these coaches do. And so we're, we're catching just glimpses of things and, and trying to do our best to share that information. Uh, and so there, there may be things that we necessarily didn't pick up, but it just doesn't seem like anybody's popping off and, and saying, this spot's mine. There's no way that you can cut me. Well, you mentioned Adams and he had a nice game against the Dolphins and he's kind of been one of these, these unheralded guys has kind of made a little name for himself during camp. Uh, so has John V. Johnson, but today, not much from Johnson, not much from Adams. Uh, it's, you know, the, right now it's a pretty good battle. I think all those guys are really in the mix. Um, I know uh, Riley Ridley had some drops today. Wims had a few, I think a drop or two today. And I, I talked about on my last show is, you know, these two guys are the veterans, you know, the bears brought a bunch of guys in to essentially replace them and they're not doing nothing to keep their jobs. I don't really think there's any reason to keep those guys on the roster. Like they don't look like they belong any more than those other guys. And if you haven't separated yourself at this point in time in your career, why not try a guy and see if you can get growth out of the the newer, younger guy. I think that that's probably what's going to happen uh, to at least one of those guys, but it wouldn't surprise me at this point if neither one of them make the roster. Yeah, I'm kind of the same place here. You talked about Bird, uh, who has more success than those two guys. You talked about Goodwin, obviously had more success. They drafted uh, Daz Newsome. Uh, so then if, if you carry one more guy and it's going to be Adams or John Bay Johnson or or you know, maybe Chris Lacey, you know, kind of comes on strong. But I mean, there's you know, there's options there. And like you said, you know, Wims and Ridley aren't doing enough to stand out at this point in their career. So why not go with the younger, cheaper options? Yep. I mean, the practice squad's always a possibility for a guy like that. You could probably hide them and they're not going to get taken off the, you know, no one's going to sign them to their active roster uh, from the Bears practice squad, almost certainly. But, uh, you know, I think at some point you want to be able to play guys, give them reps that have a possibility of turning into something productive. Yes. So let's stay with the offense, go to the tight ends. You know, I, I thought Jesse James, you know, he's been as advertised. I mean, he's one of the guys that keeps making plays, you know, all through camps as he's been signed. He, he looked pretty decent in, in the game against the Finns. You know, I thought of the tight ends today, for me, what I saw, I saw Jesse James 
and I saw Jesper Horstead. Those two guys, yeah. you know, those guys were the guys. There wasn't a lot, a lot of Cole Komet. Uh, he, I think he had a couple catches that I saw. Uh, Jimmy Graham, you know, as a veteran, I don't, I'm not sure he was out there too much, but but it was really Jesse James and Jesper Horstead. Do you think both those guys are locks? Well, I, you know, I will say that it does, uh, Jimmy Graham, as much as he's getting paid, and I have a problem with that, uh, yes. it, he is an impressive looking human being. <laughs> that I mean, he looks like he could be like a supervillain in a Marvel movie. Like that, that guy really does strike quite the the figure. But I, yeah, I, I doubt that they're really trying to work Jimmy Graham much in, in training camp. They, you know, this is a guy who's probably playing his last season and they're just saving him for the red zone you know, for 17 weeks, they're not trying to get him much, much play in training camp as for Cole Komet. I mean, yeah, I didn't, I barely saw Cole Komet on the field. And if he was, he wasn't really making plays. So he didn't stick out. It does seem like Jesse James. Yeah. I mean, he, he got targeted constantly down the seam on the sideline. Yeah. He's all over the place. And so I, I think he's a really good bet. I think they like him. It's clear that they're trying to get him some work. Horsehead looked good on the, on the, the plays that he made and, you know, he's a guy that I like, you know, he's a guy that's got some, you know, he, he's, he's shown something in a game before and why not, why not keep him around and see what he can do. Plus it looks like he has the mullet going on, or at least, at least he has the the party in the back for sure. He has, you need at least one of those guys on the team. Hey, I want to, I want to take a real quick break here and tell you guys about a, a fun game called thrive fantasy, which combines the fun of daily fantasy sports and a rush of making prop bets and, and what thrive fantasy is it's daily fantasy sports and esports app for player props so you can eliminate the countless hours of research and focus on only the top tier athletes that will have the biggest impact on each game and here's how it works you choose 10 of the 20 available player props to build your lineup and each prop is assigned a fantasy value for both the over and the under based on how likely it is to hit and Thrive has over 140 grand guaranteed in prizes for nfl week one and it has already awarded over four million dollars and thrives featured a hundred K guaranteed contest is just 20 bucks to enter and first place will take home 20 grand. So here, here's what you do guys. You use my promo code. It's TFC. When you sign up today and you will receive a hundred percent instant first deposit match up to a hundred dollars. So download thrive fantasy on the app store or play store, or by visiting their website, thrivefantasy.com. And remember sign up with my promo code TFC. Good luck and prop up today. All right, let's get back into the training camp here. Uh, so, so we talked about the drops from the receivers, but the DBs, a bunch of drops too. Um, I think uh, uh, Marky Christian had a pick. I mean, there are at least five or six picks today. And then if you count all the almost interceptions, you know, that ball was, was, was nearly in that, 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 that turnover bucket a lot. Yes. You know, uh, 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 Marky Christian had a pick. And he seems like he's in the mix at that nickel spot. Do you think he has a chance to make it? Maybe a practice squad? Spot? I mean, from what I've been hearing with Marky Christian, he's been getting some reps at the nickel. You know, he's a guy that he has some nickel experience when he was with the Rams a couple of years ago. Uh, for whatever reason, he didn't do much on the main roster last year for Chicago. But but besides Duke Shelley, Marky Christian is, is the guy that seems to be in that mix because the guy like Vildor has been playing more on he's the outside. outside. Yeah. Yeah, it's possible. Is he the guy that got the interception and then punted the ball? I think he might be. Yeah, so he he got a pick. He punted the ball about I don't know ten yards and like bad uh, F- Fields caught it. <laughs> oh, did he? I didn't see. Yeah, that. Okay. He went, she went and shagged the punt from the guy that uh, picked him off. So I thought that was kind of interesting. Uh, yeah, I mean, I you know, sure. I think overall, 
honestly, you know, we, we talked about the secondary being, you know, especially the depth of the secondary on bears over beers being, yeah. you know, a little bit of a concern. And as I'm watching these guys today, you know, Artie Burns was getting a lot of play on the outside and, you know, a lot of the backup safeties were getting a lot of time and they look really well coached. Like they really did look like they were always in the right position. There was one blown coverage uh, where I think Eddie Jackson kind of yelled out that they, they didn't rotate down. Uh, no one, no one came out and, uh, and covered, I think it was good one. And, and that was maybe the one gaffe that I saw out of that secondary, but otherwise they, they just really do give off a vibe of being really well coached. And so it, it could be pretty interesting. I will say that the best pick of the day was, I think it was Eddie Jackson that just yes. came up over the middle and that number four, it's going to take me a little while to get used to Eddie Jackson wearing four, but like it, he wears it really naturally. He yeah. looks quite good wearing that number four and he had a good pick today. Yeah. The DBs look good today. You know, you mentioned Artie Burns. I think he's was he was getting a bunch of reps at the starter opposite Jalen Johnson. Uh, was was Trufant out there today, or was he injured? So I didn't see Trufant. So yeah. I think that Burns was getting those reps because Trufant was out. But but he's he's an interesting guy because he's got the pedigree. We talked about that a little bit. You know, he's a first rounder out of the Steelers, but just didn't play particularly well for the Steelers. But you never know. You go into a different system and it, it, you can get unlocked. And he. He, I thought that he played pretty well today. Again, all the corners seem like they played pretty well. But if Artie Burns can be a guy that can come in in a pinch, or maybe he can, you know, be a, a top reserve for you, that's that's a good signing. That's that's definitely a win for Ryan Pace. You talk about his pedigree. He was a, a former first round draft pick. You know, he had a bunch of starts in his four years at Pittsburgh, both on the outside and at nickel. So he's a guy that, you know, if he makes the roster, he can add value because he can play both spots. I think he may be best suited for the inside. But, you know, like I said, he has the experience outside as well. So, you know, do you think it's going to be Kendall Vildor winning that, that spot opposite Jalen Johnson? I think that's definitely what the Bears want. Um, like I said, what I saw today, Artie Burns looked a little better. But I would say that Vildor, especially if Font's not practicing, yeah. if, you know, if, if he's not able to get on the field, I think that they probably want Phil Dorr to, to, to win the job. I will mention, we, we should, we should say that Burns made an interesting decision to get into a little bit of a scrap. <laughs> he did yeah. with big number 73, Lashavius Simmons, who's, I don't know, got to be literally twice his size, six, five, three twenty, and And already Burns is what? Five, five, 10, 195, maybe. I'm not I, sure. I, I mean, <laughs> uh, not not the best decision Artie Burns has ever made. I don't think that that was a good good idea. But there was that was a little bit of a drama there for about eight seconds. Yeah. A little yeah. little bit of a scrap. You know, it's good that you guys want to show their fight. But you know, I've always looked at fighting on the football field as kind of ridiculous because you know you're, you're wearing helmets and pads and what what the hell are you going to do? You're going to punch a guy in the helmet. It just you know they're not all Javon Wims out there doing that stupid stuff. But it just seems kind of silly to me. Yeah, I remember, you know, back, way back in my playing days, back in uh, the day, get, getting guys frustrated and then they them taking swings at you and hitting you in the helmet and the face mask, and you're like, do you, you realize that you're doing more harm to your hands than you are to me? Right? I, I've yeah. never understood the throwing punches that uh, guys that have helmets on it makes no sense. So, so the Bears cut. I don't know if you saw they did cut Ladarius Mack today. Yeah. So, so it wasn't a great day for the entire Mack family, but Big Brother Khalil. You know, he seemed to be making an impact at camp today. And it's funny because, like, you watch him and he doesn't look like he's – I mean, you know he's putting in the effort. 
you know, he's a pro. He's a pro's pro. He's just a, a rock solid of a man. But then you watch him and you're like, he just seems so effortless out there. He's, he's just, he, he's that dude. He, he's primed for a big year, right? Yeah. I mean, you look at, these are all professional athletes. Even the guys that aren't going to make this squad, they're incredible athletes. They're probably the best athlete that came out of their high school or, you know, I mean, that whole song and dance. And then you watch these guys all on the field. And when a guy separates himself from professional athletes, it's really remarkable. And I've seen Mac in, you know, 2019 and now in 2021, and there's just a presence about him and the way that he moves, everything is uh, controlled and flows. And it's just, it's, it's honestly uh, a joy that he's on the squad. And if Robert Quinn is healthy and you have these other pieces that can be healthy, Mac is going to get unlocked because I have faith in Sean Desai to be able to do that. But he looks as good as I have ever seen an athlete look like this guy is just an absolute violence in a block of granite. I don't know how else to describe it. He, but he is an impressive specimen. I was watching the edge rushers do it, do a drill. I'm not sure what you guys, everyone calls it. I, I, I called it the circle drill. You're just basically going around, you know, you're basically, uh, uh, turning the corner, you know, ripping under whatever it is, whatever your move is. And, and he, he made that circle turn so tight. You know, he's just such a good athlete for someone that size. He just got around there so quick. He's just, uh, you know, I, I think he had a press conference today after, after practice and he talked about Sean Desai and the defense and, and how he's expecting them to get back to that 20, that, that, that style they had back with Vic Fangio. You know, and, and if that's the case, you know, this defense, you know, which seems to be, like you said, well coached in the back end, you know, they seem to be prime for a, for a big year. Yeah. I, again, it's one practice, but yeah. boy, you know, th- those, if those major pieces stay healthy and, or, and in the case of Robert Quinn, get healthy. Cause I don't think we saw a healthy Robert Quinn last year. No. If that can happen, and, this and, defense could be a ton and, of fun. And, Quinn is hurt again. I don't know if you saw that today. He, he, well, I didn't uh, see him out there. But. He has an ankle and he was held out today. So he had a back earlier this off season. He kind of was, they were, you know, taking their time with now it's an ankle. So, you know, I, at some point the bears should just, you know, let's, let's shut him down for a, for a few days. And, and you know, it could be what, what the plan is now, but it, it, you know, the bears need him. I mean, he, he shows when he's, good enough to go. I mean, I think he was like 10th in the league last year in pressures, which is, you know, it was unbelievable to read when I saw it, but, but he still is able to make an impact at this age. Yeah. And, and you need multiple pass rushers if you want to have sustained success because one guy can't do it. We've seen that you we've seen that an offense can roll the pocket, get rid of the ball quickly, run away from max side. And, and they've done that consistently. And if other guys aren't picking up that opportunity, to make plays, then the defense is going to get exposed, or it's going to at least not be the unbelievable force that it has been in the recent past, like under the Vic Fangio years. And so you do need another player. That's why Ryan Pace went out and signed Robert Quinn, even if we all maybe don't agree with the amount of money that he gave Robert Quinn, but it, it, you can understand at least what he was thinking, maybe not, with the pocketbook side of it, but what he was trying to do, because he has to add another uh, threat for offenses to, to consider and hopefully unlock Khalil Mack a little more. And so, yeah, it is really, you know, we talk 
we want to talk a lot about Justin Fields and that's really what this season is going to be about. But if this defense is going to be fun and interesting and maybe even really good, which would be really fun, it's got to be about Sean Desai and how he gets the most out of his players with scheme. And that starts with Khalil Mack. Yeah, definitely. You know, the pass rush was really getting home today. You know, I noticed there was a, a blitz by Burns off the edge where he kind of got in there. Uh, Christian Jones had a blitz up the middle. I think I saw a couple other ones. Uh, uh, James Vauder was in the backfield quite a bit, you know, so the pass rush was getting home. Uh, the blitzes were effective. So, so Jeff is, is, you know, is this glass half full? Like, Hey, the defense is awesome. You know, they're, they're going to have an, another big year here or is it glass half empty where the pass pro and the O line is just uh, really doing bad right now? <laughs> Both. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, I mean, obviously the O line is patchwork and beat up and, you know, no James Daniels, no Peters, no, no Fetty. Like, I mean, there was a lot of guys that just weren't there uh, to practice. No, no Tevin Jenkins, no Borum. Right. I mean, there was just, name them they probably weren't in there and and so you're working against a lot of guys on the offensive line even if they're getting you know quote starters reps at practice they're not going to be starters and some of those guys aren't even going to make the squad and so yeah of course your first team defensive line should eat those guys up and we should mention that hicks wasn't out there on the field he you know had something we're still trying to figure out what exactly was going on with hicks but even without hakeem hicks you know, the defense just had their way with the offensive line and, you know, to be fair, a fully healthy bears offensive line is not a top 10 unit anyway. Yeah. So the bears defensive line should win most practices, most reps. Uh, But yeah, I do think that there's good potential for the bears defense to be a top unit this year. You know, the coaches are pretty fired up all day. Uh, Offensive coach, defensive coaches, you know, we kind of talked about a couple of them. So, so which was your favorite outburst of the day from the coaches? I, I mean, it's hard to compete with the head coach telling that this <laughs> yeah. is a shit show to, yeah. to the to the sidelines. Um, that that was pretty great. Um, but yeah, I mean, uh, Mike Furry's a, a University of Northern Iowa Panther alum like myself, and so him saying that's the most embarrassed he's ever been. Uh, I don't know. I, I kind of got a kick out of that one. He, he, really, he really hammered home just how bad the receivers were today uh, with that comment. They, they failed to line up in trips and he had enough of it. And he, and he told them that. And then he said it was, he was so embarrassed. It was, uh, it was fun, but, but, you know, I, I, I saw Sean Desai all over the place. Uh, uh, Chris Tabor was all over the place. You know, the coaches were, I mean, they were coaching. They were doing their thing, but uh, just, you know, sometimes it's just a, uh, just a bad day. And that's today from the offense. It's just a bad day. Yeah. We, we would call that like a do-over day. Yeah. Like it just seemed like everything you did needed to be done again and run again. And sometimes I feel like that was a little bit of the coaches just, you know, being hard on you to be hard on you, but this was all self-inflicted wounds by professional football players. But, you know, I, I think you're right. Sometimes that happens and you are, we're in the middle of August. It's August 17th. It's the doldrums of camp. You know, it, it's, it's, it's a grind at this point for these guys and you're bound to have a bad day every now and then. And that's definitely what happened with the offense. And it, sure. Maybe it was because you were doing install and you were doing install of, of, of this trips. Lucky we saw it time and time again, a where lot had, of trips today. Yeah. Which, you know, for those of you that aren't X's and O's guys, pretty, you know, pretty self-explanatory, but three guys lined up, uh, wide receivers lined up on one side and they were, what they were doing was they were lining three guys up on one side and they were using a lot of motion to take one of those guys out of that trip set 
move them over to the other side of the line. And then it was like a two by two look. You saw that a lot today. And so maybe that was new for the offense. And that was, you know, just trying to learn, whereas the defense has been matching up against trips for a long time. And so they were ready for that. If you want to play that game, sure, go ahead. But I think it was a pretty bad day by the offense and pretty good day by the defense. And we're used to that as Bears fans. Yeah, yeah, you mentioned that trips look. I mean, they were doing it early in practice. They were doing it with it was just just the DBs and the receivers. They were going over what they had to do with the with with the defense when they saw that look. And like you said, a lot of motions today, a lot of jet sweep stuff today. You know, and and you know, I think that's good for the Bears because they have the speedsters, and and if you can get those guys moving, you know, early, that just helps those guys. You know, now that now they can get that separation. Yeah. Yeah. So we talked about it like the, uh, the arena league or the CFL, yeah. you get a guy looping around and then can get a head start. Um, that can only help a guy, you know, beat his man off the line. And, and with the speed that the bears have added to this wide receiver room this last year and the last two years with Mooney, you know, that that's good to see them try to get creative to, to get free some of those guys up. And you're, you're going to need to see more of it. You're going to need to see more of those Marquis you know, Goodwin routes where he's beating guys off the line and 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 given Andy Dalton or Justin Fields uh, an open target downfield. The Bears need to be more explosive. They were one of the worst explosive teams last year. That's where the league is going. You either need to be super efficient or super explosive. You can be both. That's great. Um, but it'd be nice if you could be one of them. Bears have been neither for a very long time. Um, they've added a lot of speed to be explosive, and I think that is a good, good way to go. Uh, but you got to get off the line. Yeah, like like Bears Twitter was all doom and gloom today. Yeah, because, you know, most of the tweets from us, from all the other guys that were there, the beat guys that were there, it was mostly negative. I mean, this this is this is one of the worst days for the offense that that, that we've seen that we've had reported about, you know, but, you know, it's it's one day, you know what I mean? It's it's one day. It's 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 yes, it's concerning, but. Like I said, one bad practice, you know, it's this, I mean, if it carries over and happens again tomorrow and the next day and the next day, yeah, but it's one day, you know, let, let's relax. Yeah. <laughs> I, I'm, you know, it's one day of practice and yeah. it, you know, it, it is unfortunate that that's the snapshot we get, but again, you can always turn it around that, you, you know, yeah. everybody on the field today plays for your favorite team. Yes. And so the defense had a good day. Defense had a good day, but I think that a lot of people view football practices or games or whatever through the lens of the offense because the offense is initiating the play. And so you think about it from an offensive perspective first. And that's, I don't know, that's not always Bears football. Bears football led by the defense a lot. So I think that it's okay to have a good defensive day now and again. I think that kind of harkens back to what Justin Fields said, you know, when he was talked about the speed of the game and he said that, you know, to me, him, it seemed a little slower than, than, than what he would thought it would be because of how fast and how good his own defense was. So, you know, maybe like you said, the defense is, you know, you know, th- those guys are doing their job. So maybe it's just a, uh, this is going to be the, the 2018 style defense, the Vic Fangio style. We're going to see Sean Desai be the next wonder kid coach in the NFL and have these guys playing great. Yeah, I'm down with that. The Bears need something like that to be able to be competitive this year. They need a jump in offense. That would be great, obviously. But if they can get a jump back from the defense, that they can be a legitimate nine win team, maybe 10 win team. Um, but they won't be this lame duck that enters yeah. the playoffs where there was no chance that they were ever going to win that playoff game. If they have an actual 
decent unit on both sides or they have an elite unit on one side, then they can be an actual threat. I agree. So Jeff, do you have any final thoughts about camp you want to get in here before we, before we call it a show? All of you guys should try to go if you're able to, you're able to take the time and, you know, in future years. And I'm, I'm sure the bears will get this thing figured out just because it's neat to see the guys that you cheer for and see them up close. And, and I do think the bears try, I think they could do a little bit better, but um, they, they are trying to kind of cater to a, a good fan experience. And there's some cool stuff uh, for everybody to see. Hopefully follow us on Twitter. I'm at Gridironborn. Uh, if, if you haven't followed me there yet, and you can see a lot of the stuff that we saw. Um, and there's a lot of other people going to camp constantly that are, are sharing stuff as well. So it's a good way to keep track of this stuff in real time, um, live vicariously through the people that are there. So if you can make it great, if not try to follow the people that are able to make it that day. It's very family friendly as well. I noticed a lot of stuff for kids out there today. Yep. Uh, go to the Walter cool. Payton center yep. and throw the ball and run an obstacle course. We chose to not run the obstacle course. We let the other people do that. Um, certainly not because we didn't want to embarrass ourselves or anything like that. No, I, I think when you mentioned running, I haven't ran since, uh, I won't get into that, but, uh, but anyway, you, so, so you, you, you talked about your, your Twitter handle. Uh, you also, of course, one half of, of bears over beers. Uh, you, you do some stuff on, 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 on the site. Uh, are you also with a QB list still fantasy stuff? Yep. We're trying to figure out exactly what that's going to look like this year, but excited to see what bears over beers has in store this year. And I'm going to be doing a, uh, 10 thoughts on the NFL, um, which was formerly your article. And so I appreciate you passing that on. And I'm going to be doing a statistics type article, looking at a stat and trying to do some cool visualizations of that throughout the year as well. So, uh, should be fun to see what we do for this season. Nice. Follow Jeff at Gridiron Born so you don't miss anything he does. Uh, make sure you guys are all subscribed to this channel wherever you're listening so you never miss any of our other fine shows like Bill Zimmerman's Bears Banter. I mentioned Bears Over Beers with Jeff and, of course, his co-host EJ Snyder. Uh, Robert Schmidt's Bear With Me, and he also has the rule of three that he has co-host with Danny Meehan and Brandon Robinson. Make sure you guys follow me on Twitter at WiltFongJR. Follow the entire Windy City Gridiron Twitter account as well at WSC Gridiron. And Facebook fans, we are on there as well. So check us out on Facebook. So until next time, bear down, my friends.